Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Are you guys still a little pumped up? Are you ready? You feel ready today. I feel this electricity in the house this morning. Since I, my eyes opened this morning, there has been this, I don't know, I'm ready for God to move today. Anyone else? As we were finishing up the last series, uh, we just came out of our um, this Sunday. What was it called? Sunday's not enough. I have this one in my head now. <laughs> we did six weeks of it. Sunday is not enough sermon series. And I was reading through the book of Acts. I'm still reading through the book of Acts. And it's just, it was hitting me just how different the early apostles were from us, from me. It's just how differently they lived their lives. They were actually vibrant. They were actually passionate. They were actually selfless. They were actually all of those things. And they actually did change the world. I want to do that. I want to be that. But they were so different from us, from me, But by the time the book of Acts rolled around. They didn't start out that way, though. They spent three years with Jesus, learning from him, being corrected by him, watching him. But it wasn't until they were empowered by the Holy Spirit that things really changed. Really changed. Instead of walking beside Jesus, they were now walking with Jesus. Right? Instead of watching Jesus at work from the sidelines, they were now watching Jesus work through them. It's a huge change that they were all together different from everyone around them because they now carry the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ with them. It is one thing to be a follower of Jesus. It is another thing to be empowered by the Spirit of Jesus working within you. I came today to inspire someone, to challenge someone. Can you feel the energy in the house? God wants to do something in you today. There is a fresh anointing being blown over Freedom Valley right now. We are not coming into church the same way. We are not leaving church the same way we came in today. He's going to do something. You know, we're not meant to look like the world. We're in it. We are meant to be in the world, but not of the world. We are of something different. Jesus didn't walk around looking different from everyone else. He didn't look like a priest. He didn't look like a Pharisee, a religious leader. They wore their robes and their chastels and their hats and their garments and whatever. They looked official. They looked holy. They looked better than you. Jesus didn't. He didn't look different on the outside. In fact, he looked like an everyday person to the point when they sent, they had to send Judas to point him out when they went to arrest him. After three years of ministry, raising all the ruckus that he raised, they still didn't recognize him in a group of people. He blended in. He looked the same as everyone else. He looked like the average Jerusalem guy. Jesus didn't draw attention to himself by looking different, looking more holy, right? He drew attention to himself by what was on the inside how he loved people, how he ministered to people. He didn't wear the the fancy garments and the clothes, although he did wear nice clothes. The ladies in his ministry made sure he had nice things to wear. We know that from the text. But he didn't stand out as someone official, someone holy, someone better than everyone else. The difference wasn't on the outside. The difference was on the inside. We've been watching through the Chosen series. Has anybody seen it? I think I mentioned it last week, too. So good. If you haven't watched it, there's a link in the sermon notes. I encourage you to. We've been watching through it with the youth group all summer, season one. We just finished it, and it just reminded me, and some of the youth even mentioned this, that Jesus was a person. He was a walking, breathing person. He needed to sleep and eat, Right? He wasn't different on the outside. He was different on the inside, and he calls us to be the same. And we're not working on our own strength anymore as followers of Christ. 
When the Holy Spirit is within us, we're not working on our own abilities anymore. We're not relying on our own sense of peace, our own sense of joy, our own sense of justice and hope and wisdom. Thank God. Can I get an amen for that? Right? We are working from the Holy Spirit. He empowers us. I don't have to rely on my own abilities anymore. I'm way, way past that, actually. (laughs) He works within me. And I can't tell you how many times I felt insufficient in serving him this week. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times. My own gifts would have only gotten me so far. And let me tell you, we are far, far past that now. It's the Holy Spirit at work. But I still get plagued with insecurity sometimes. Sometimes we limit ourselves. It's not the Holy Spirit limiting us. We limit ourselves. We think we can do it. And then we get to actually doing it, and suddenly we think we can't do it anymore. The insecurities bubble up to the surface, right? I I don't know if I can. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I don't know enough of the Bible. I'm not enough. God ministered to my soul this week by saying, you're right, you're not enough. Doesn't sound like a great message, I know. I know it doesn't, but it was so freeing because he said, you're not enough. You were never meant to be enough, but Jesus sent a helper. (laughs) Jesus sent a helper. I don't have to rely on my own strength, my own abilities, my own gifts and talents. He, through me, is enough. In fact, when I'm weak, he is strong. When I am at my weakest, he is at his strongest. He can do his best work, actually, through me, when I'm at my worst. Thank God for that. I don't have to do it alone. I am not enough, but he, through me, is enough. And and it hit me this week. Jesus was still the Son of God before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you know Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit? Right? At his baptism, the dove came down. God spoke over him, breathed his Holy Spirit into him. And then Jesus started his ministry. He was the son of God before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but his ministry started when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. We need some of this today. We need the breath of God today. We're not meant to go through life walking without him. We are all sons and daughters of God before we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. But can we do the job he's called us to do in our own strength? Were we ever meant to? Would he have sent a helper if we could? We went over this last week, right? The disciples on on the mountain seeing Jesus off, his ascension. And they said, God, Jesus, is this the time when you will come back? And he said, it's not for you to know, guys right? But you will receive power to be my witnesses, and I'm going to send a helper for you to get it done. I want to read to you today a portion of Acts 14. I still feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Y'all feel it? It's a portion of scripture I'm sure I've read many times before, but there is a verse in particular in this chapter that hit me like a ton of bricks this week. I just couldn't stop rereading it. Did Did I really read what I just read? Okay, and I want to read you this portion of Scripture so you can understand what's going on. Now, again, if if you have no idea what's going on in the Word, the book of Acts really sets up the church in the Word, okay? You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's all the accounts of Jesus throughout his ministry. But then Acts hits right after Jesus has died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He ascended back into heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit, we read about in Acts 1 and 2, okay? And the Holy Spirit is breathed into the apostles, the ones sent out, and breathed into the church that Jesus has set up. And so, Acts 14, I want you to see what happens with Paul and Barnabas. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Amen for that. God's still doing miracles, right? It's not just through Jesus anymore. Paul and Barnabas with the Holy Spirit are now out in the streets 
doing miracles. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the great god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Side note here, this is interesting, okay? I've been thinking about this all week because we sometimes think it's only our culture that, that looks at the things of God and attributes them to something else, right? It will, like we see the amazing things God does and then we turn around and say, oh, that must have been because of the medicine or uh, that must have been because of the psychology behind it. We, we talk ourselves out of seeing the miraculous for what it is. It is God moving and we want to give somebody else the credit, It's not a new concept. 2,000 years ago, they did the same. They saw something miraculous and attributed it to anything but the living God. Must be Zeus. It must be Hermes, right? It must be something we already know. It couldn't possibly be something new and different. We do this. There must be a scientific explanation. And we have more faith in science than we do in God. Must be a scientific explanation. I mean, we're we're trying to fit God into our box our little box of understanding. Who wants a God that fits into your box? Don't you want a God that knows a little bit more than you do? I, I want to worship a God that can tell me what to do, not I'm telling him what to do. But that's what these guys wanted to do. And this is sometimes our hindrance to being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've talked to many people about this and, and through this. And we talk about it a lot in this Pentecostal church or being baptized in the Holy Spirit and what that, that actually means. And sometimes we just have to know. We, like, we want to know everything about it. How does it feel? How does it work? What, what's the explanation behind it? The problem is it's miraculous. It is the Holy Spirit of God breathing into you, into a vessel that wasn't meant to be breathed into just in that way, right? We're not meant to hold the Holy Spirit like that. It's the power of Jesus that does it through us. It's miraculous. It is holy and amazing, and there's not always an explanation. It's hard to even describe what being baptized in the Holy Spirit feels like, right? Or or how it works. It's miraculous. And just like we talked about last week, sometimes Jesus says that is not for you to know. We don't get a whole lot of explanation in the word, in fact, about how it works. If you want to see the the gift of tongues in the book of Acts, read Acts 2, 10, and 19. It's all over the place in Acts, but we don't get a whole lot of explanation about how it works. It's something we just have to be okay with sometimes. That's called faith. Stepping out in faith. Understanding that you don't have to know it all because he knows it all giving him that control, right? Just place your faith in him. Now we keep reading in verse 13. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside of town. So the priests of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and ran out among the people shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We're merely human beings, just like you. We've come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. Look, these guys might have been discipled through this. Paul and Barnabas may have been able to get through to them. They might have won them over, except there's a verse 19. Verse 19 says, then some Jews arrived. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. Jews arrived, and I want you to get this. There is a significance behind this today. Jews arrived and teamed up with what they would have considered heathens, unclean people, not worthy of even their presence. They were probably disqualified from worship that week for even being there in that town. Okay? They never would have teamed up with these people except to defeat the Christians. Jews 
never would have even darkened the doorways of this town if not for a common enemy. Jews would have never come to this town to love the people, to minister to the people, to tell them that God loved them and is here for them. They never would have come out of compassion for these people. They came to defeat the Christians. Old religion is still mad about Jesus. Even in the book of Acts, right? They had crucified Jesus by this time, but they're so salty about this itinerant homeless traveling rabbi that they followed his apostles from other towns. They killed Jesus by this point, okay? I want you to get this. They put him on a cross. They, they thought they had killed the movement altogether, but the movement cannot be killed. They thought they killed it, but it cannot be killed. Jesus Christ is as much an idea as he was a person. Right? He as he is God, he is as much an idea as he is sitting at the right hand of the Father today. Jesus Christ is the good news. And you cannot put an idea, a movement, the news on a cross. Can't do it. You cannot kill it. Someone here today knows this. Someone here today has lived through this. It's not just me. They tried to kill me. They tried to stomp out the light within me. They tried to keep me quiet, but it cannot be killed. Because he that is within me is greater than he that is in the world. I know what I have. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And you can't kill that idea. I am a child of the living God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I am forgiven, not forsaken. I am justified, sanctified, a new creature in Christ. I am strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. I am not moved by what I see. These are ideas you cannot kill. You can't kill them. I am more than a conqueror in him. Old religion may have tried to keep you down, keep you subjugated, keep you oppressed and ashamed, keep you carrying heavy burdens of guilt and shame, jumping through hoops, but it cannot be killed. The good news of Jesus Christ cannot be killed. The Jews tried. They crucified him put him on a cross, and it only made him stronger. It made the idea of him stronger. That Jesus, son of Joseph the carpenter, may have died on the cross on that day, but the gospel got up three days later. The world may look dark today. The darkness may look like it's winning for a while, but Jesus rose. Jesus rose, and that is the life-altering, guilt-shattering good news. The world wants to say that, yeah, Jesus was a good guy, right? His, his teachings were good and all that, but I don't know about the rest. Look, the good news is that Jesus came back. The good news is that Jesus, on his own power and strength, defeated death and the grave. He broke the curse of sin and shame, and we don't have to live under it anymore. The Jews came to put all of that to bed. They, they came to this town called Lystra to put all of it to bed. They wanted to shove it under the rug. We crucified this guy. Let's just get rid of this Paul and Barnabas and it'll all be gone, right? <laughs> they thought they could stop it, which is laughable 2,000 years later. And here we are across the world still worshiping his name. They couldn't stop it. The harder they tried, the less it worked. But this is the verse that really got me this week. Second half of verse 19. Holy Spirit's all over this. I can feel it already. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. I had to read this so many times. Did I get this right? They actually stoned him. There were multiple ways you could stone someone legally in this time. You could literally just pick up stones, start throwing them at him, and 
probably no one would come for you. If the whole town was on it, especially no one would come for you. Or you could drop someone off a cliff and roll a large heavy stone onto them off the cliff. And then if they still weren't dead, continue to throw rocks at them until they were dead. I can't see a way out of that. Can you? We serve a God who makes a way where there is no way. They stoned him and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. And get verse 20. But as the believers gathered around him, as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into town. (laughs) What? The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. What happened there? I mean, I kept reading this. Like, I I can't believe I've never, I must have noticed this verse before. The the miraculous happened here, and I've just skipped over it in the past. Like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You can't kill the gospel. (laughs) The believers gathered around him. The believers that were vibrant. The passionate believers, they were selfless. They were people of prayer and worship filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. And they gathered around him and they lifted the atmosphere of faith around him. And he got up. He got up. He got up. Bruised and broken. But he got up. Beat up and shut up, but he got up. Run out of town and beaten down, but he got up. Just like Jesus, who was slandered and attacked, but he got up. Whipped and crucified, but he got up. Crucified and hung on a tree, but he got up. What is keeping you down today? What could possibly keep you down today, believer? He got up. Come on, get excited about it today. He got up. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. And don't clap for me. Keep clapping because Jesus got up. He got up. We have to get excited about that as believers. We have to clap for Jesus today. Praise Jesus today that let the enemy hear you. Let old religion hear you. Let the shame and the guilt that wants to keep you down hear you. Come on, stand up to your feet today and keep it coming. Worship team, come on up. He got up. Thank you. Death and the grave have no hold on anymore, and that's why I praise the gospel won. He got up. Look, I don't know what's holding you back today. What's keeping you down today? What has you bruised and broken today? But today you're in the house of the Lord. You're in an environment of faith surrounded by believers. And you're going to get back up. their brother. He didn't do it alone. The amazing thing about a community of faith is that sometimes you're the one laying in the ditch, bruised and broken. And sometimes you're the one praying. And there's no shame. Either way. Paul, the loudest missionary, the best missionary probably to ever have lived, the one laying in the ditch was the leader. But at that particular moment, he wasn't the strong one. The loudest isn't always the one who needs the least attention. Paul was stoned and left for dead. He wasn't a superhero. He was just a guy, a faithful apostle, sent out to proclaim the good news to the broken. It wasn't the gospel of Paul. It was the gospel of Jesus. 
the gospel they thought they crucified on a hill called Golgotha. They thought they buried it in Joseph's tomb. They thought they ran it out of Antioch. They thought they ran it out of Iconium. And they thought they left it stone and for dead in a ditch outside a town called Lystra. But there were believers. There were believers. Are there believers in the house today? Does anyone in this house believe? Come on, there's a shift happening in this room today. I can feel it deep down in my soul. There is something different happening in this church today. The Spirit of God is going to fall like never before. And if you need a miracle, it is here for you today. If something needs raised from the dead today, is here for you today. The Spirit of God wants to empower you today. He wants you to walk out of those doors different. Empowered with the Holy Spirit. He wants to work through you today. He wants to send you out to free the captives, to restore hope to the brokenhearted, to love the people of Adams County today. Come on, if you believe today, lift your voices to heaven. Raise your hearts, raise your hands and surrender. We're going to worship God today. Jesus, thank you. Just begin to open your mouth and praise him. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, you rose from the grave. There is power in your name like no other name. We take your spirit with us everywhere we go. Begin to pray and praise the Lord. Open your mouth. Raise the atmosphere of faith in this room today.
today. We all need Jesus today. <laughs> Amen. If someone in this room doesn't know him yet. Someone in this room has been beat up, left for dead. Maybe it took all you had to come to church today. It took all you had to try something new, to, to roll out of bed and get here. There's hope in this room for you today. There's no judgment. There's no fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Just hope. There's hope in him. There's a fresh start in him. There is release. There is freedom from the cycle of, of shame and bondage that your selfishness and sin keeps us in. There's freedom today. This community of believers here in this house wants nothing more for you than to see you healed by the precious blood of Jesus. Today, all you have to do is say, I'm in. I am in. I'm into following Jesus. I'm into making him the boss of my life. I believe the good news. I believe he died on that cross and I believe he got up. And I believe I can too. If you believe today, but this is new for you, I just want to invite you right up here. Again, no judgment in this house. Just get out of your seat. Come right up here, right to the front. I know it's a little intimidating in front of a room full of people, but just come. Anybody here in this room today? needs Jesus. We're not judging, we're cheering you on. Come on. Thank you for coming.
place where God can meet you. Just like Paul, some of us are feeling beat up today. The world has beat us to a pulp. Barely dragged ourselves in here today. Maybe it's um, something medical, physical. It's been beating you up for a while. Maybe it's relational. Stuff going on in your family. Right? Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's abuse. Maybe it's judgment from other Christians. Maybe it's depression and anxiety. It's fear in your life that has a hold on you. Maybe it's your own mistakes and decisions catching up with you, beating you up. Whatever it is today, this world can stone us and leave us for dead in a ditch, but we're surrounded by believers here. Just like Paul, you're going to get back up surrounded by believers in an atmosphere of faith. We're going to pray over each other and we're going to raise some things from the dead together. Maybe it's your hope that needs raised from the dead. And maybe it's your joy that needs raised from the dead. Maybe it's your peace, your, your dreams and vision for the future. Can I just prophesy you over you a little bit? Those things are going to break today. We're leaving them in our seats today and we're going to walk out of here different. We're going to start to see a shift at Freedom Valley. We're going to enter into a fresh new season of revival and fire. New passion is going to come out of this place. New holiness is going to come out of this place, but also a holy sacrificial love for this world like we've never seen before. We're going to enter into those doors every Sunday morning and leave a completely different way because we met with our Savior. Because the Holy Spirit empowered us. We're surrounded with each other, other believers, raising the atmosphere of faith, encouraging one another, and raising some things from the dead. So I just want to encourage you today. Don't be shy. If you need a move from God, you run to these altars. Run. Don't walk. Don't let fear hold you back. You just run. Come up to this space and sacrifice something to the Lord today. Leave the pride behind, the selfishness behind, the, the medical issues behind. Whatever it is, you're leaving it behind and you're running to these altars.
for you. You may have been a believer for a long time, right? But following Jesus is different than walking with Jesus. The Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ wants to empower you so that you, not only you get free today, but you take that freedom with you. If you want the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's here for you today. Just raise your hands, and if you're still in your seat and you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, run down here. We're going to raise our hands to Jesus. Lift your head. There is no hanging your head in the presence of God, not with Jesus. All right? He has made you free. He has made you whole in the presence of the Father. So we're going to lift our head to heaven. Jesus, thank you. We acknowledge what you did on that cross. We acknowledge that you rose again, that you got up so that we could get up. You set us free. We thank you. We raise our heads in your presence. We open our hearts to you and what you want to do today. Father, I just pray the Holy Spirit would fall over this place. The Holy Spirit would come like a wave and baptize us with, with fire, with passion. We'd be able to walk out of here with a new prayer language, new gifts, new spiritual gifts, new love, a renewed sense of joy and peace and hope that we'd be able to take out into this world with us. You would truly empower us to be your witnesses here on planet Earth. If you want that today, just raise your hands up to heaven. Raise your face to heaven. And begin to pray. Begin to ask for it. Open your mouth and say, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Heal me from the inside out. Don't let them just be my words. You speak. Open your mouth today. Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Empower me. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. Believers in the room, just begin to pray. If you are already baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have a prayer language, begin to pray in it. Right? We're surrounding these guys. Sometimes we're the ones in the ditch and sometimes we're the ones praying. Begin to pray today. Jesus, come. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus, we worship you. Holy Spirit, fall on this place.
broken today. Some things we're leaving behind today. Some hope restored today in the presence of Jesus. Amen. One more thing to share with you. And if you're praying, go ahead and keep praying. This chapter goes on just a little further. And I just want to read to you chapter, I'm sorry, verse 21 and 22. After the good news in Derby, after preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, where they strengthened the believers. But here's what they encouraged them with. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. It's a great way to end a service, I know. <laughs> we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Look, I'm not saying today that being a Christian makes everything perfect. Right? I'm not saying today that you're going to walk out of here and never experience a hardship again. In fact, that's in direct opposition to what my Bible tells me. Being a Christian doesn't mean we get to live on easy streets. Sometimes we still end up beat up in a ditch. The difference is now you have a community of believers. You have believers that can gather around you and pray life back into your soul. Pray health back into you. You have now been adopted into a family. And if today is the first day you put your faith in Jesus, you have a brand new birthday. It is a new day in Christ. You are a new creature in Christ. It's the beginning of a brand new season for you. Because now you're surrounded with family. If today you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, don't hoard it all to yourself. It's not meant just for you. It's a fresh anointing meant to release you to be witnesses in this world. You now have power to be witnesses. It's meant to help you do a job. Your co-workers in Christ. And sometimes that means you're going to be left beat up in a ditch. The world isn't always kind to those of us that carry hope. But you're now surrounded by a community of believers. And we're going to leave here every single Sunday different than we came in. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Thank you for doing something new in our souls today. Thank you for making us different. Letting us carry your spirit to our world. Thank you that we're going to leave today empowered, protected, guided by your spirit. Speak a fresh anointing over this house in Jesus' name. Tear down the walls. The walls that we have put up between you and us. Let nothing come between you and us anymore. That we would receive that fresh power and anointing straight from your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this holy moment. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We just say amen this morning. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.